It's Wednesday night, and I am on the air. FRPC is back. It is your host, Vince, and we have something to talk about. Um, for as long as I've been doing this podcast, it seems like, um, look at the clips, look at the all the archive pods. I have been trying to trade Zion Williamson out of New Orleans the whole time. I mean, it's 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 become mini obsessive at this point. Um, you know, my wife and I we we had to there was an intervention. Uh, there m- might have been some counseling involved. You know. But, I mean, Bill Simmons trades C.J. McCollum annually. Eight years running now. Congrats to our guy, Bill, for the tremendous achievement. So, in the same vein, FRPC will stay undaunted in our efforts to trade Zion Williamson. Matter of fact, we will renew this campaign immediately. We will not leave you hanging. We will continue to trade Zion Williamson until he is traded. Um, the one thing we will say about this is that um, there was a lot of effort put into this. I want to shout out Nico Miatello who helped me go through this. Uh, so definitely producer credit. Um, and... We actually think we came up with a deal that makes sense. <clears throat> so we're going to go over all the particulars and things of that nature. And um, we'll get to it in one second. There's two things that I want to kind of alert you to is that this is pod number three on day number three of the week. So we've gotten to the point of the multiple pods already. But wait, there will be more. Because what is actually going to happen, here's the schedule. I'm giving you this pod right now. We're going to talk about the Zion Williamson trade in one second. But let's get through this. I'm going to give you this pod. So you're going to have this late tonight. Because it is like almost 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. And it's been raining out here. And it's yucky. And some people don't like it. But... Hey, I like it. It's great. Um, So we're going to drop this pod. It'll drop on Thursday. We will record another pod on Thursday that will drop on Friday. And that will be the Eastern Conference recap. So we did one for the Western Conference. So if you have not heard that pod, go dig into the archive pods. You're like two, three pods behind. And... um, so you'll have all these pods, and then Tuesday, you will get another pod. Christmas is coming, you know, we gotta spend time with the fam, and also watch a ton of basketball on Christmas, right? A ton of games. So we'll have a lot to talk about after Monday. I don't want to impede anybody's progress on watching games, so, all right? So that's the schedule. So we're going to drop this pod. It'll drop Thursday. The Eastern Conference uh, recap, that'll drop Friday. And then I'll see you on Tuesday. Sound good? All right. 
So now let's get to this this trade that we have painstakingly gone gone and gotten you. Okay, we really put a lot of effort into this. All right. So of course, if you hear the paper, you know there's a lot of notes, right? <clears throat> of course, I'm old, so therefore, not only do you get the trade, you get a history lesson. So sit back, boys and girls. Uncle Vince is going on story time. Okay, so this trade actually is something that I'm pulling out of my way back memory. And we're going to go all the way back to 1998. All right? But the two teams in particular that I'm talking about right now for the trade are the OKC Thunder. So Thunder up to all my OKC fans out there. And the New Orleans Pelicans, which have Zion Williamson, which I just dropped my phone. Don't worry. No phone, no phone was harmed in the middle of this podcast. Alright, so... This trade involves OKC Thunder, so Thunder up to my, to my OKC fans and the New Orleans Pelicans. But what I want to do is I want to take you back. I'm going to hearken you back to a time in 1998. Now... In 1998, there was a lot of things going on. You know, like uh, NSYNC, New Kids on the Block. Not New Kids on the Block. What's that other one? Backstreet Voice. That's what it was. Yes, sir. Now, I think Britney was out. Christina Aguilera. People like that. Uh... I wouldn't even call myself an NBA historian by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think that we have a great opportunity to recreate a trade in a cool slice of history. May 14, 1998, the Washington Wizards traded, at the time, a troubled forward by the name of Chris Webber. Now, Chris Webber was traded to the Sacramento Kings for a guard... And I would call him more of a like a power guard at this time. Remember, it is 1998. They played a completely different style of basketball at that point. He was traded for Mitch Richmond. And he was traded for power forward Otis Thorpe. Now, Mitch Richmond at the time is 32 years of age. Otis Thorpe at the time is 35 years of age. And Chris Webber is 25 years of age. Now this is Fat Five, Chris Webber. This is put the ball behind my back and then dunking on Charles Barkley. Yo, if you not seen the video, go to YouTube and get that. Chris Webber on the break behind the back dunk on Charles Barkley is one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Alright, so that's the trade. Now, let me give you a little context to the trade. Richmond at the time was considered a bucket getter. Okay? Now again, it's 1998, so the stat might not seem as impressive, but they weren't they weren't putting up the threes like they were, like they do now. Okay? 
Richmond was one of four players who averaged 21 points a game for their first 10 seasons. The other names that he was tied to at the time was Jordan, Jabbar, and Oscar Robertson. That's who Mitch Richmond was tied to. That's the, the type of footsteps that he was entering, okay? Weber, at that point in time in his career, was having a bunch of injuries. There was like a back injury. I think there was like some knee tendonitis. And he had a couple off-the-court off the struggles. So they were getting him at the low base, Sacramento. And it was probably the only time they could get him because Sacramento is known as a place where free agents don't necessarily go. Does this sound familiar Oklahoma City. All right. Now, Thorpe, who was kind of like the throw-in of this deal, he was a vet. He was a solid power forward. He did all the dirty work, blocking shots, blocking out, setting screens, hip checks, sharp elbows. Again, remember, it's 1998. A little more physicality in the league. They allowed that. We were playing hockey on a basketball court at that point in time. All right. Now, the Wizards GM at the time is Hall of Fame center and also longtime Washington Bullets legend, Wes Unsell. And kids, if you don't know Wes Unsell, the Kevin Love, like, uh, full court pass. That he throws, the you know, above his head, he got that from Wes Unsell. So this is why the history lesson is important. You know, because we kind of you know try to get better. Try to get better. So he trades Weber to Sacramento. Sacramento now Weber is pissed. He doesn't even want to go. Okay, let's let's get this straight. Weber did not want to go at all. Um but he got there. He understood where he was in his career. He knew that, you know, he had already been traded from Golden State to Washington. And now this was his third stop. And, you know, he was starting to get a reputation that was unwarranted, but kind of a head case, not coachable. Now, we know that in our history, Sacramento goes on to be one of the uh, challengers to the Lakers in like the early 2000s. Their epic uh, Western Conference Finals battle is still a legend. There are plenty of people in Sacramento um, that are upset about that uh, 2002 playoff series. So uh, I know Sacramento fans. I know you feel like we stole a title away from you. I get it. But we had Shaq and Kobe. So, you know, David Stern wanted to see us get up in there. So, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, boys. But now you guys are good good again. So, no hard feelings. All right. Now, back to present day. All right. So, Chris Weber goes to Sacramento. He doesn't want to be there. But 
He understands his plight, where he is right now. He understands the whole situation. Now, Oklahoma City is sitting on a treasure trove of picks. Okay? We know about, it's like 35 picks all in total. First rounders and second rounders. All right? Now, let's talk about what Oklahoma City has right now. You have SGA, who is right now at least in the top five of MVP, if not higher. Shea Gilgis Alexander is an absolute superstar. And he can get to wherever he wants on the court. It's it's truly remarkable what, what that kid is doing in OKC. They also have Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren, to me, has played excellent. I mean, all the stuff that we wanted from this kid, he has delivered in spades. Like 20 points a game, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks. This is like, like actually it's like 18 points, 8 rebounds, and like 2, two and a half blocks right now. It's sick. It's absolutely insane. But Oklahoma City is in, in a period of time where they are in a really advantageous position. With all the picks and, and having stalwarts on their team that you can count on, right? That, that are, you can say, okay, go get me a bucket or go make me a play and they can do it. They have that type of talent. We haven't even gotten to Jalen Williams, J-Dub, the Santa Clara wing that put up Phenomenal numbers last year, and he's starting to pick it up this year again. So this team is ultra-talented. So the trade would be this. OKC would trade Josh Giddy, Davis Bertans, there's the money part of the deal, and Lou Dort. They would be getting back from the New, from the New Orleans Pelicans Zion Williamson, Najee Mar- Marshall, and EJ Lydell. They would also send to the new to New Orleans Pelicans the first round pick of 2024 from the Los Angeles Clippers. That's probably going to be in the 20s. Have you seen the Clippers lately? They're on a tear. A first round pick in 2025 from the 76ers. That's probably going to be a late round first as well. And then their own pick in 2027. Now keep in mind what OKC is doing so far this year. Now they got a great record. Uh, everybody's playing well. Um, but this trade would solidify a lot of things. One, Josh Giddy is not shooting the ball as I thought he would. I thought the shooting, outside shooting would progress. It hasn't. Um, <clears throat> along with his off the court issues, the allegations, the alleged uh, accusations of uh, sleeping with a minor, those are out there as well. But it's not just to get rid of an issue like that. That is not the reason for this trait. The reason for this trade is this. 
if you have SGA, you have Zion Williamson, and you have Chet Holmgren, and you have you have J Dub as well. The emergence of Casey Wallace at this point in time, the rookie out of Kentucky, has been he's been everything that I could have ever asked for out of out of a guy. Now he's not playing a lot. Well, every time he gets to play any sort of meaningful minutes, it's always a positive. He shoots the ball extremely well, over 40% from three. He is not a guy who needs to hold on to the ball for, you know, 22 seconds. But he can get his own shot as well. So you're freeing up a spot. You're also getting more shooting on the court. You're also providing... A, a dynamicism to your fast break opportunities because OKC likes to get out and run. And Zion in the open court is still one of the scariest things that we've ever seen in this league. Whether he's in shape, out of shape, seems interested, seems uninterested, it doesn't matter. Zion Williamson on in the open court coming down, barreling at you. Does not sound like a good time. Now, on the New Orleans side, you say, okay, well, what are we doing? We get Zion is leaving? Well, here's the thing. If you look at the team, it looks like Brandon Ingram is number one now. Seems to be taking more shots. Offense runs through him more. They do give Zion some time to do the whole point Zion deal, but it's more of a secondary type of action than it is a primary action. With Giddy, you to get size in the backcourt. And the reason why I'm really excited about Giddy in New Orleans, it gives you the quintessential point guard that you don't have right now. C.J. McCollum, who is actually point guard size, is now your is now your two guard, your shooting guard, which he's more comfortable at anyway. And now he doesn't have to initiate the offense, but he can if he needs to. But look at what you've done to the actual identity of the team. Trey Murphy the third now gets the opportunity. You have Herb Jones. You got Brandon Ingram. You got Jonas Valachunas. And now you got Josh Giddy. Now, yeah, McCollum's small. Right? But you still got a bunch of dudes on that team. And however you want to play that lineup and what's your crunch time lineup, you got a lot of flexibility. And you got a lot of different ways to go about how you want to execute your last five minutes of the fourth quarter with any variation of those guys, plus more minutes for Alvarado, more minutes for Jordan Hawkins, who was shooting lights out before he got relegated back to the bench when everybody got healthy. And here's the other thing with Zion. You're going to get to a point, David Griffin, that you're not going to be able to pick up the phone and say, what can I get for Zion? 
I don't know when the actual expiration date runs out because the talent is so immense. But the more we go and the more, I would say, what's the word I'm looking for? The more severity in the ups and downs that we have with Zion, the less and less valuable he becomes. So here is your one chance get out of jail free card. And here's the thing. Josh Giddy could turn into a better shooter. Or he could just be a completely great offense of initiator for your team. And you have a bunch of lights out shooters around him, which would make him even more dangerous. Because it's driving kick season when we get to the playoffs. And then also, New Orleans get more picks. Now, the Laker picks are starting to dry up, right? It's either this year or next year, which is the last of the Laker picks for the Anthony Davis trade. So now it's time to restock and still keep your window open and be competitive. And if you can get a little lightning in a bottle and B.I. is who you say he is, then your team is going to be set. But the other reason to do this trade, I've always talked about Zion Williamson and how I want him to be in the best possible position so we all can enjoy the talent that he has. The one thing that we all can say about the Oklahoma City Thunder is this. They are the one of the most insulated teams in all of the NBA. They don't have a dense media situation. And they keep their players very protected inside that organization. They rode for Westbrook for the longest time. The Durant, when Durant was there, right? This whole Josh Giddy thing, honestly, it was reported. And then, really, I think, I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about the accusations as a whole. You know, I'll put it this way. Whatever that situation was, um, you know, it'll, it'll wash, it, you know, it'll, time always reveals everything. So, you know, it's not for me to judge. Somebody else will do that. And then... The uh, punishment will be whatever it is, or he'll be, he'll be let off. Either way. But Zion in Oklahoma City is the perfect situation. One. I told you, we got notes on this. Um, he's going to be immediately part of a big three. You know, you got SGA, you have Chet, and then you have Zion. All three of them have self-creation. And here's the best part. They all have self-creation from different quadrants of the court. Now Zion is not under pressure and under the weight and scrutiny of being a franchise player. Because SGA is going to be the number one guy there. 
By the way, you're getting a guy who is uh, 23 years old, and he's in the fifth. He's in the first year of a five-year deal. Sounds a lot like Chris Weber when Sacramento got him from Washington. Now, if, and I know this is a big if, if Zion was to completely hit his potential, OKC would be absolutely one of the scariest teams we have in the NBA. You have a, a situation with Zion where he would have that big body presence that, that Chet doesn't have right now. And unfortunately, there's not anybody really else on that roster that has a lot of like like their denseness to them. Zion would provide that. He would give them a presence at the rim that they just do not have. And the last other thing that I will say about this particular trade is this, is that at some point, OKC is going to have to make a trade or do something, right? Here's the thing. You don't even have to give up your picks. You don't even have to give up most of the picks you have. You would still have ammunition because if for some reason this is a mistake, you could get you have enough picks to get rid of the mistake and get the piece that you need. But taking a swing and taking a swing at a time where the West is deep, but I think it's wide open. I'm not saying that I disrespect Denver. And it's not to say that I'm looking at Minnesota and going, oh, I don't know. But you add Zion to Chet and SGA and J-Dub, I mean, that's going to be a very formidable team and provided all the other depth that they have. That's going to be a very formidable team to deal with in the playoffs. All right, the last thing that we want to get to before we get up out of here is this. Uh, Right before I went on this pod, Joel Embiid of the Philadelphia 76ers dropped 51 tonight. By the way, uh, last five games, dude has not been under 35. It has been 35, like 40s. 150 burger, and now another one. So this dude is on such a tear. I just wanted to shout him out real quick. By the way, he's leading the league in scoring, averaging 35 a game. Okay, this is... We are entering some real spicy things because I don't think Joel Embiid is necessarily going to give the MVP away as easy as people thought he was. There was a lot of people who thought, oh, he got it. Now he can fall back and whatever. No, it looks like Joel has taken it to another level. Oh, and by the way, coincidentally, he started this tear when he got fined by the NBA 
because he did the uh, WWE uh, DX chop. He they find him, they find him for it, and now my man has taken it out on the NBA. So uh, since uh, his city is also the host city of WrestleMania 40. It's, I think it's apropos that my man is averaging 35 a game, dominating like only he can, okay? Because right now, he's he's holding it down in Philadelphia, and they're playing very well. So, again, the schedule again is that this will probably go out. Uh, you'll have this tomorrow. We are going to move the East Coast quarter recap to Friday, and then I'll see you on Tuesday. So you got a bunch of pods this week. Uh, there will be clips from this on YouTube. So if you are new to the pod, we have a YouTube channel, Front Runner Podcast Collective. Jump on that. Make comments. Join the community. Build the community. As I like to say all the time, you tell a friend, you tell a partner, you tell your significant other, you should also tell maybe the your co-workers, the grocery store clerk, his or her supervisor of said clerk, the security guard that stands out at the door of the grocery store. You're a male person. You should let them know about the podcast. Oh, and that pesky telemarketer that calls you at about 3.15 in the afternoon. Okay? So you let everybody know about the podcast that you can get it on Spotify. You can get it on Apple. You can get it on Amazon Music. You can get it on Mars. You can get it on Jupiter. All right? So you tell everybody about that. Fantastic. Remember the clips on YouTube. And also, join us on Twitter or X, however you like to call it, at FrontRunnerPC. Hit my guy Nico up and send him some salutations to Canada, where it is a crispy, like, 20-something degrees. You know I can't deal with that. Not going to do it. Uh, he's at Nico FRPC. All right. So that'll do it for this pod. Keep on the lookout for that Eastern Conference uh, recap, quarter uh, poll recap. We'll get that out to you as soon as possible. And uh, everybody enjoy the basketball on Christmas. Enjoy your family on Christmas. And um, for my believers out there, um, rejoice. You know, rejoice in this time. Because, uh, you know, a lot of times, this point in time of the of the year, we get into a lot of reflection and, and what have you. I lost my mom this year, and uh, but I'm I'm joyful. I'm I'm reinvigorated. I'm peaceful. I'm hopeful, and the only reason I have that is because. I turn my life and my will over to the care of God. So uh, it's not for everybody, but it's for me. And that's my truth. And I speak it all the time. 
I'm Vince. I'm your host. It's been a pleasure. And we'll see you down the road. Peace.